Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hello, Australia. Welcome to My Millennial Money. Thanks for joining us this September. If you are listening, it is the start of September. We've got a guest, John. Yes. Do you want to introduce the OG? The great Vince Scully from Life Sherpa. Welcome, g'day. Vince. G'day, John. G'day, Glenn. So, OG, original gangster or old grump? What are we going with? Uh, maybe a bit of both. Maybe a bit of both. Hey, um, Depends on the question you ask. Yeah, that's right. So, What we're doing at the start, uh, well, this is the start of September, if you do listen to the episodes, we're actually introducing and we want you to, you know, jump on our Instagram and and get the story tiles or whatever we put up, but we're actually doing Super September. So, for the whole month of September, we are talking about superannuation. So, we've got some cool guests coming on the show. We've got a... Uh, next episode, or the one, I don't know, it's all planned, but we're, we're talking about self-managed super fund, buying your property in super. We've got uh, somebody coming on to talk about the super gender gap. We've got somebody talking about super and money issues for Indigenous Australians. So we've got a big variety and it's all going to be about superannuation. It's huge. If wow. Those listening, if you're old enough to remember Billy Birmingham, he would say it's a super effort, that. Super. And one other thing, I've kind of coined this, um, I'm trying to like make it so we can really understand when you want to review your super, you've just got to understand super is a lucky BFG. Did you know super's a lucky BFG, John? Best friend's girlfriend. Best friend's, best friend's <laughs> girlfriend. Big friendly giant. Big friendly giant. So what I've kind of put together, these are what we need to do throughout September when it comes to your superannuation. Cool. The L in lucky stands for log into MyGov. So, I just want you to log into your MyGov account, make sure your super accounts are there, okay? MyGov and I weren't best friends early on, but I reckon I'm going all right with them now. I, must, I love that new login app, the yes. Authy thing, mm. which really will. Yeah. It does. Uh, the U in lucky. Up-to-date personal details. So find your super funds through MyGov, log, like call each one, try and log in, make sure they've got your current email address, your postal address, just get up-to-date, okay? The C in lucky, contributions. Make sure your employer has been paying your contributions. Now it is, uh, and a thank you to Sun Super for supporting the podcast and we'll give them a bit of a, sh- uh, a Sun Super, Super shout September shout out. <laughs> a Sun Super shout out. How's that for alliteration? Um, Sibilance, I think. Uh, yeah. Is that it? The uh, <laughs> Tongue twister. Vince, calm down, mate. <laughs> We're here for your money, not your grammar. Yeah. Um, Didn't you pay attention? Uh, so we place. can talk super. because That's right. Neither of us are qualified exactly. to. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so make sure that your employer are paying your contributions, but- Vince, it's a lot harder now for employees to 
get away with it longer term, isn't it? Because we've got almost instant reporting. Yeah. I mean, this new STP, what's it stand for? Straight through processing. Single touch payroll. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I knew it was something that sounded But it used to stand for straight through processing. Um, Or some form of motor oil, I think, in the (laughs) – but that means that employers now report the pay, PAYG tax and super contributions all in one go when they pay it. Yeah. Um, and there's actually – speaking of September, yeah. this month is actually the end of a, an amnesty that the government's running for employers who haven't paid up their super – to get it done. To get it done now. So you can go back right. to 1993, pay oh. up anything you've missed out and get away with get it. Get away with it. Get away with no penalty. Yeah. Yeah. So I got actually, I got some letters in the mail the other day for some, for some various entities to say that the amnesty's ending. Mm. So if you know you've been dodgy, mm-hmm. we'll let you fix it right. without fining you. So for the employees out there, pay super for your staff. Yeah. Uh, and, but again, I would still say check that your employer are paying your contributions. Yeah. Mm. Um, Which only has to be done quarterly. Quarterly, yeah. Uh, the K in lucky, know your current fund. So we've all got a super fund. Call them up. Have a chat. Well, most people have more than one. More than one. So maybe just pick your main one that if you've got a couple, the one that's got the biggest balance at the moment, just pick up the phone and just get to know your fund. Get them to tell you about the fund. So information is power. Mm-hmm. Now, the Y in lucky doesn't exist. It's actually an I and that stands for insurance. <laughs> <Like> I. <laughs> so most super funds will have some insurance. Yeah, the Y doesn't stand for you being the most important thing in super? I could change it. We might change that on the fly. Uh, but basically, we've all got insurance in our super funds. Um, just double check your insurance. Reach out, sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help if you want to review of your insurance. Mm. Um, so, You're saying the insurance within their super is pretty crappy generally? Uh, some of the group default covers in super aren't the best available. Mm. Uh, but but, but, the, but the important thing is that you can still use your super to pay for it yes. even if you choose to use an external, use an external provider, yep. which will usually give you a better answer and it also takes that potentially locking yourself into a super fund if you're relying on that product for your insurance because – the insurance isn't portable. When you're 40, you might not be able, might not qualify for insurance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Especially so when your health's as good as Glenn's. Exactly. I'm a fit bill of health. I was actually saying to Vince before we started recording, I'm trying to apply for some more TBD cover at the moment because <laughs> John and I are getting some uh, key person cover on each other. And I don't know if I'll get TBD cover. There's that many exclusions. <laughs> so, uh, so, so lucky, log into MyGov, update personal details, check your contributions, know your current fund, check your insurance. Uh, BFI, beneficiaries, you know, if you've been divorced for three years and you've still got him or her on the on the super, you might want to check that. Or your kid turns 18. Or your kid turns 18. Um, or you divorced your stepchild's mother. All that stuff. Check your beneficiaries. If there's a name on there that's not in your life anymore or who's a grown adult who's got their own issues. Should you get notified if your kid turns 18? Like obviously you'll know personally. but Believe uh, me, you know. <laughs> when it happens to you, you will know. It is one of life's great relief. Yes, I'm sure relief. it is. F for the BF, fees, just fees. check your fees. Um, we might do some bonus stuff uh, in the Facebook group or we're doing a webinar this month uh, so we can discuss fees, but run your eye over the fees. Mm. Uh, and G for grow. So make sure your super is invested for growth. 
Now, this is general financial advice, but I would hypothesize if I'm 27 years old, I probably do not want uh, 80% of my super sitting in the cash option. No, correct. So, Lucky BFG, we'll put it up on Instagram. We'll put it everywhere for the month of September. Lucky BFG, we don't want you to do everything today, but over this month in September, we want you to go through your super because it is Super September. Super average. And just on fees, they're not necessarily directly comparable. Some things are just more expensive to manage than others. So shares are more expensive to manage than bonds. So by being in growth, you may very well pay a higher fee to get that. So you got to look at what you're being charged and why. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So we will do – I might actually do a, um, a Facebook Live one night and just show some people – uh, if you want to jump in, how to compare your fees. Mm. Uh, so there you have it. And thank you to Sun Super for being part of supporting My Millennial Money. And we're going to plaster you all over our socials this month anyway, Sun Super. So mm. that's your shout out this episode. <laughs> Just rewards. All right. Let's kick the tires and light the fires. <laughs> So I want to start this episode and we I put it on Instagram, you know, when I was planning this episode that we're going to go deep again and there was a couple of provocative comments about people <laughs> enjoying us going deep, but we won't go there. What was that? <laughs> a deep dive. Yeah, wow. so we, we're doing a, a deep dive and I just want to, before we do it, like we did last time when we had Vince in, we might just spend a couple of minutes opening thoughts from each of us on just the the vibe and the philosophy of investing inside or outside of super. So we might start with our, our guest. Well, when it comes to inv- thinking about investing either inside or outside super, you just got to remember that these are not separate worlds. The only real difference is the tax treatment. So you can invest in exactly the same things, generally, inside super or outside super. The two things that differentiate is where does the money come from the tax and the tax treatment and – I guess, thirdly, where, when you get to spend it. And so investing is investing and it's just a question of what's right for you at that time. Yeah, look, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly, Vince. <laughs> I, look, I, I would look at, for, for someone who talks 98% of the time about investing outside of super, um, as you mentioned, any investing is, is good. As long as it's done right, <laughs> age, risk profile, and and your tax position are probably three things that I would consider uh, before deciding whether we're going in or out and how much of each. And look, to be honest, I'm just going to echo your comments. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to some extent, when you're a, a my millennial money listener, it matters more how much you put in than where you put it. Yeah, and and I think that's kind of my whole vibe is everybody's in a completely different financial situation. Like, you know, if there's 200,000 people that are listening right now, there's 200,000 different scenarios. So I guess for my own belief with how I've used super, I've coupled it with uh, the tax advantages throughout the year because on balance, I'd rather pay 15% tax on surplus money, quote unquote, to invest for the future than maybe... 30%. So just as a, but secondly, if it was in my life, there is a very high chance that this wildcat would spend it. 
<laughs> so I've had to actually lock it away. And then that's really important You're to an understand. To everybody. Yeah. <laughs> a bad example to everybody. It's more imp- important than people think that, that that mindset of I need to get it away from my mitts basically. Yeah. Like that that's a strong concept because it can add up over time. But we all talk about investing and everyone says investing's for the long term. Okay, well we've all got an investment account already. Let's just use that if it really is for the long term. Or is it I've got some medium term goals. Yep in the next 10 years that I need to accrue wealth above the cash rate yeah. to put some kids through school, well, super's not even on the table. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's where your age is really Yeah, important. and I must admit, I'm generally against the government telling us what to do, but this is one case for that very reason. Is that because you're Irish? Well, we don't have government. <laughs> yeah. <that's right. laughs> um, but as a general rule, um, you know, when as a nation we take freedom away from people, we should be doing it for a good reason. And the point that you make about if it's in an investment account outside super, there is a very strong temptation to take it out to pay for kids' education or, or holidays. Oh, or I really car. want that boat. It's 20 yeah. grand. Oh, I'll just take it from here and I'll pay it back later. Yeah. yeah. But later never So comes. the advantage of having a forced saving out of sight, out of mind to meet that period after you're unable or unwilling to work is a uh, an important tool. Yeah, but, but understanding that using money to pay for kids' education is very different to go and buying a boat as well. Like, So it's really know your personality. But at least the boat will love you back. <laughs> oh, zing. <laughs> and hello, Max, if you're listening and watching on YouTube. Did you know we're on YouTube now, everyone? We're on YouTube. Um, so I guess everybody wants to invest. You know, everybody wants to rule the world. Um, anyone? Tears uh, refused. Yes, thank you. Um, 19. What should, 1980 something, <laughs> what should, I guess before we start investing, if there was three things that you would tell, you know, a bunch of uni students in a lecture hall, Vince. So this is the investment 101 class. Before we start investing, because in or outside of Subaru is after the fact of wanting to pull the trigger yep. to invest. What what are your key things that you would tell somebody? And the key thing is to work out what you want this money for. Saving for the sake of saving is a really hard trick to pull off. Dangerous as well. Yeah, potentially. Yep. Um, it lead potentially to the wrong decision. Um, but if you've got a goal that you're trying to achieve, that goal's got a, a date, it's got an amount – and you've got an amount of money that you can are prepared to set aside out of consumption today to achieve that goal tomorrow. And they're the only three factors. There is how much you put in, how long you've got, and what return you get. You can tweak any of those three. Not all combinations are feasible, but if, you're, if you've got a hard deadline, you may not be able to accept higher risk, therefore you need to tolerate putting more money in. So start with the goal in mind. I think it was Stephen Covey said start with the end in mind. Well, that's very important when it comes to investing because if you don't know what the goal is, you can't identify. Well, how do you target that? How yeah. do you track it? Yeah. yeah. You want John, some sort of finish line, don't you? Yeah. Your, uh, your 
your kids at home, they're mm. getting in their late teens. I'm fast forwarding. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. By the way, did you know uh, you've got a family you don't know about? <laughs> <laughs> what are you? Um, what are you saying to them? The must dos before you start investing. Uh, well, I think f- for them and for anyone, hopefully at that age they're not in any sort of bad debt. Mm. But if they are, they need to remove themselves from that pretty quickly. So obviously if it's credit card or personal loan, they've got to get rid of that. Um, and then have some sort of buffers in place that uh, for a rainy day, they'd be obviously my non-negotiables before doing that. Um, if they're teenagers, then yeah, why are they doing it? Is it because their friends are doing it? Because mum or dad are doing it? Like what's their sole purpose for getting into it? Um, yeah, that end goal in mind. I, I would probably my three cents, if you will. Uh, it absolutely the and if you are a new listener to the podcast, welcome. And if you this is your first time watching us on YouTube, welcome, welcome to my garage. Uh, Don't forget to hit subscribe and press the bell icon. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I, I would say that the primary reason for me to start this podcast was to get young adults into their careers, into their life, into their habits without consumer debt or getting out of consumer debt and staying out of consumer debt. So that's a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously you need the cash buffers. But my overarching kind of vibe with money is you have to be giving some, saving some and spending some. And my own personal philosophy in my life is that it's in that order. So I'm consumer debt free. I get $100 come in the door. I give some, I save some and I spend some. So save, spend, give or give, spend, save? Give, save, spend. Give, save, Did spend. I mix that no, up? No, I was no. just interested. I, I didn't catch the You're order. You're giving before you put it away for future you. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think there's always people worse off than us. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about giving away the farm, but I'm talking about having that thread of generosity in your life. Mm-hmm. Saving, we have to look after future us. And then within that, it's like, we'll do you super outside of super. And then obviously spending, because if we're not spending and enjoying money, mm. we don't, we won't have a quality of life. That's right. I mean, yeah. sure. They, yes. And I've one thing I've found doing this podcast is every syllable I say gets interpreted 80 <laughs> different ways. So I'm not saying you can't go for a bushwalk for free, but <laughs> broadly speaking, uh, if you're spending money, um, you have a, a fun, fulfilling life because you can go out with friends and mm. all that. Um, so I guess what we're going to cover is we'll talk about getting money into super. We'll talk about what we can invest inside of super. Uh, we'll talk about a bit of hex, whether we should pay off hex before we start investing. Uh, we'll talk about salary sacrifice and we might just do some advantages and disadvantages of using in and out of super as well. So I guess... For for the main kind of body of people that are listening right now, these kind of caps, it wouldn't matter if they're a million dollars because you just don't have the money now. So, but we'll say it anyway. Vince, how much can we get into superannuation if we were going to use superannuation uh, pre-tax or at a 15% tax rate? Okay. So, the, the pre-tax contributions, that is ones that you either pay out of pre-tax money by salary sacrifice or you claim a tax deduction for. Or your 9.5. Or your employer's contribution. compulsory contribution. They're all what are known as concessional contributions and they're capped at 
$25,000 a year. But you, if you don't use some of it, you can carry the unused bit forward for up to five years. The next level is ones that you don't get a tax deduction for, and they're called non-concessional contributions, and they're capped at $100,000 a year, and you can bring forward three years. And then there's an overall uh, lifetime cap of $1.6 million. Yeah. And, and, and that's- there are a couple of other ones like disability payouts and downsizer contributions and small business sales. But yeah. for most people, they're the two big ones. And, and I guess, again, like we're saying, you can throw 100 grand through the back door. Yep. I mean, 99.8% of people listening probably don't have a spare 100 grand to even think about yep. allocating to super. And the question is, would you, if you had it, would you want to lock it away till age. Till age 60? So then? you talked about Vince, super is merely just a tax structure. Yeah, it's a bucket. It's a bucket. What assets – so we are doing a podcast um, in Super September about buying a property with your mm-hmm. super because everyone loves property, don't they, John? I do. But like can I, like can I buy direct shares, ETFs with my super? Like what type of flexibility do we have in that, I guess, class of product being super? Well, you've got as – depending on which product you're in, but broadly you, if you can invest in an outside super – you can broadly invest in it inside super. Mm. In theory, you could take it all down to the casino and put it on black um, as long as you didn't take pleasure in it because there's a, <laughs> there's a thing called the um, sole purpose test. Um, I always thought that whoever drafted these rules must have been Catholic because they say you're not allowed to take pleasure in it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that going to air? I don't mind. I've, I've, I've said that Hello publicly. to all the Catholics. <laughs> I am one. Um, but the point being that if you can invest in super, invest in outside super, if you've got the right structure, you can invest it inside super. Would it be fair to say there's, there's stringent regulations there inside it more so than outside? Yes. You, there's more regulatory hurdles you've got to jump over. However, I think it's important to add the superannuation law. So if I set up a self-managed super fund and purchased a racehorse mm-hmm. as an investment, that same law governing my self-managed super fund and assets are the same laws that Sun Super have to go by because they are a trustee for their members' money. If I've got a self-managed super fund, I could be the trustee of my own super, Mm. but I've got the same standard that Sun Super has. In fact, Sun Super are held to a higher standard because they're regulated by Mm. APRA, which is a prudential regulator. So they have a concern over the prudence of the investment, whereas a self-managed super fund is really driven largely by your personal risk profile. Mm. So if you had that racehorse outside of super, you could ride it? No. Outside oh, sorry, outside super. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. Yes. Yes. But inside super. Inside, you're not you allowed to ride stable, that thing. You couldn't stable it at your house and you couldn't ride it. Correct. And arguably you probably couldn't bet on it. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going there though. <laughs> Um, but yes, to your point that you, mm. there is very little that you can do outside super that given enough structuring, you couldn't do inside super. Yeah. Now, whether that's prudent or not mm. and whether it's right for your retirement is a completely different question. Yeah. Because I think it's – I just want to kind of talk about the super in terms of, you know, the sun supers of the world because there's a lot of people that um, in the Facebook group, they might be like, how do I invest in ETFs in my super fund mm-hmm. where – 
an ETF is just an exchange-traded fund that's investing in a pool of shares, <laughs> which you might not really know what's under the hood of a lot of the ETFs. Like it could be a, an index tracker, for example. Mm -hmm. You don't need to go and set up a self-managed super fund to do that that's right. where you could just invest in the – and I know it's probably an ad for some super, <laughs> but whatever, they sponsor the podcast. You could invest in the uh, – Index Australian Share Fund within Sun Super, which is just a Vanguard fund anyway. Yeah. So why would you go and set up your own self-managed super fund? Exactly. And, and for most people, a self-managed super fund doesn't actually add a lot of value that you couldn't achieve by using some of the more packaged products like the the wrap products or the master trust products, unless you want to invest in real estate Property. or private loans or private equity or something like that or physical gold. and i guess one step further like the wrap super products uh you can invest in direct shares yep. on the asx but because the wrap product has that apra um yeah. governance so it is the super fund that's right but you won't be able to probably invest outside of top two to five hundred depending on the fund because they actually can't let you do penny stocks within the yeah. uh, wrap fund. Mm -hmm. And usually they'll limit, you know, no more than 5 or 10% in a particular asset. asset. Yeah. So so I guess it's just... Which is all just good practice anyway. Yeah, and that's a good thing. But if you do want to do penny stocks with your self-managed super fund, knock yourself out. Mm -hmm. uh, but the stats show it's probably more of a gamble than not. Yeah. Uh, so we know Remember, investing is not intended to be fun. No. <laughs> if you want fun, go to the casino. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I think some people might set up a self-managed super fund because they feel they have more control. It's a power thing maybe or just um, don't think that their super fund's doing the, an adequate job. I'll go and try and But do it a doesn't actually job. add any more control really over using a, one of these wrap platforms. Unless Other you're going you, with property. If you want to invest yeah. in real estate, yeah. yeah. Why – okay, so let's just, licenses. I guess, get to some real practical examples. Uh, there might be somebody listening – um, they're a 30-year-old person or a 27-year-old in a relationship or not, like in a married de facto or whatever, uh, they may have already got their first home. Mm -hmm. And I would probably think if buying your first home is a target, you're probably not too worried about, quote-unquote, investing anyway sure. until you get that big rock done in your life yep. because it's just going to prolong the to get that first home. So they might have got their first home. Okay, we want to start investing now this household budget, whether it's a single or a couple, they've done the Glenn James spending plan. <laughs> so they've got and a nice picture of a house on their fridge. They've got a nice picture of the house on the fridge. They've got to spare $500 a month. Do they invest in super with that 500 or not? Well, they would have done my online academy first to exactly. understand <laughs> while we're there. Yeah. And did they join live Sherpa while they're at it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. There's room for everybody. Yeah. Nath, what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I think the, the starting thought process around I've got an extra $500 a month. a month or whatever, what do I do with it? Mathematically, the best lifetime answer is going to be to stick it in super because you get a tax deduction for putting it in. So more starts working. And so after 40 years, it's worth more. And the growth is taxed less. And you pay less tax on it. But in order to get that mathematical benefit, you have to give up a few things. 
and the biggest thing you give up is access to the money. Today. Today mm. or next year or in 10 years' time. And so if this is money you are potentially likely to need in the next – well, before you turn 60 – Super is probably not the right place. Mm. And, you know, so if you're saving for kids' school fees or you're saving to buy a boat or take a year off or start a business or um, set your kids up for life, then super is not going to be the right answer. Yeah, and I suppose we did those episodes on what to do in your 20s, 30s, 40s and so on. And, And when we listen to the 30s and 40s, it's the conversation starts to turn towards family, doesn't mm. it? So that's when we probably need to be cash heavy yep. or heavier. But if we've also got that rock, as in our principal place of residence that we've purchased, uh, there's a strong argument to suggest that 500 extra could also be going and paying down some yeah, of that mortgage. I, I really as well, and this is kind of, I'll, I'll say two things. I was going to write a note and going to write their name down because I'm going to use an example. Mm-hmm. But firstly, like Australian culture in a lot of areas of our life is heavily influenced by the United States, Mm -hmm. whether it's pop culture, movies, TV shows, uh, credit score, which is a whole other thing. And also this, you know, Dave Ramsey, who's been on the podcast, I can Mm -hmm. say that now. Um, (laughs) He's like, Mr. Ramsey, sorry, 15% into your retirement. Mm -hmm. Now, the US... I don't believe have got a 9.5% compulsory super system. So any of these where we must put 15% into super or whatever, well, no, we're doing basically in, the, in a couple of years, it's going to be up to 12%, which is in law already. You can, you can Google superannuation guarantee yep. and the ATO website will tell you the years that it scales up. But I kind of had this thing, people... Like if someone's paying a couple of grand from their super for their life insurance Mm -hmm. from the super, I would always talk with clients to say, well, if you're going to do anything, at least just cover the life insurance by salary sacrifice. Like if you're going to do anything. That's good thinking. And then all that to say as well, I wrote down some clients that I had. They were school teachers for their whole career. Mm -hmm. And I think they've only just turned 60. But between the two of them, I think there's about a million dollars in their super accounts. But you know what they've done their whole life? Taught? Paid off. Well, taught. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Saw that one coming. <laughs> yeah. They paid off their mortgage and just salary sacrificed. Yep. But they didn't want the three investment properties in their own name. They didn't want... Actually, when, I, when they first came to me, they actually did have a managed fund in their own name. And I kind of started to ask, oh, why is it? Oh, it's just the way we set it up. And we, we kind of looked and we ended up just moving that into super anyway mm. uh, because a lot of people don't realise, and that's what I said, we've all got a, an investment account for the long term already set up. Yeah. So looking at the, um, you know, not doing anything too sexy for a long period of time, I've actually seen everyday working class Australians get to age 60 yeah. without a sexy strategy nah, by just putting into super. Yeah. So, so if you look at someone who started in the workforce after 2000, which is probably just about everybody listening to My Millennial Money, if you just do four basic things with your compulsory super, you should get close to, and assuming you work for 40 years, you should get very close to replacing two-thirds of your income out of super. So if yeah. you combine that with a paid off home, 
that's you know not a bad position, right? Isn't it to be probably better? Now than it doesn't most solve the it doesn't solve the financial independence before retirement problem, mm. but to get to retirement with a paid off home and two thirds of your income replaced, largely tax free. Um, yeah, very good. The, I, I it, would argue they're disciplined yeah. individuals, no doubt about that. Uh, I would argue that a lot of Australians, uh, present company and listeners excluded from <laughs> this, would waste a lot of their money in their 20s, buy their own home somewhere in their 30s, so they maybe only start to apply that model mm. by the time they're 35, 40 or even 45, which only gives them 10, 15 years to do that, which has them behind the eight ball. And this is kind of um, looking at that because I can only speak from my own personal experience as in I need to set up investments so it's automatic mm. because if I if I didn't have an automatic amount going into my investment bond and we'll do another episode soon about investment bonds. I was going to cover it here as about an option outside of super but it kind of is another thing in itself. But if I didn't set up an automatic monthly payment into my super, my investment bond and the share brokerage account, for example, it wouldn't act, I would spend it. Like I just categorically know. And in this concept of discipline is, you know, pretty critical all this. So the biggest decision is how much of your income you spend. Mm. Where you put it, at least in the early years, is sort of a secondary decision that we got to get to the point where um, we're not spending everything. And most people spend most of their money most of the time. And what you've got to do is get rid of... It just of droops off you, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> These one, These one three-liners or whatever. Everywhere, aren't they? <laughs> you, you, you need three. Yeah. But the point being that people do do that mm. and left to our own devices, we get a pay rise, we spend it. Mm. Yeah. And by getting that discipline, whether it's a discipline into an investment bond or into a, an investment property or into mm. whatever it is, it's actually the discipline and the habit that matters rather than necessarily the goal because yeah, the, habit, the habit will survive achieving the goal. When you achieve a goal, you go, well, now what? Okay, so because I, I – again – Every time we pick up this microphone, I want to do something that's adding value, that's practical and that's helpful, okay? So as a general concept, would you both agree, just give me a yes or no, if in doubt, don't do it as a general life rule. If in doubt, don't. No. No, Vince? Absent any other system that's probably right, but I think the if you if you're in doubt, you just need to ask more questions. Yeah. I and get educated. Yeah. So but, but, yeah, I was only allowed one word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So I've been speaking English for much longer. Than <laughs> <laughs> so go with me because there, it is a genuine question. Mm. And, you know, I'm going to jump on a lot of, you know, forums and Reddits and Facebook group and people are going to now what accuse me of being, well, no, people are now going to accuse me. Oh, he's only pro super. Like, no, you weren't listening. I've got <laughs> investments inside, outside of I'm an investor. Uh, the structures after the fact. If there was somebody, they're like, we've genuinely got $500 or a grand a month left over because we do have listeners who are actually very well off. They've established young professionals. Um, at least maybe consider covering life insurance. Yep. Mm. And then we say, okay, now we've only got $400 left a month. Well, if in doubt about putting that in super, well, at least put it to work somewhere. That's right. 
But then again, what you might be able to do is hedge it and be like, well, we've got the 400 now left. We don't really know what we want to do. Can we at least just get work to South Sack even $100 a month? And we won't even bloody notice it. And then we go, okay, we've got $300 a month left over now. Now we're going to go and get another property and use that towards the strategy or something like that. Yeah, that's right. And, and I was only looking this morning actually, that uh, kids fund that you set up for me five years ago, mm. right? It's like totally out of sight, out of mind. There's a, a monthly amount that goes into it. I haven't really checked the performance of it too much. Hopefully, it's going all right. Um, yeah. If it's set up by Glenn, it would have been, oh, obviously. Would have been, yeah. um, <laughs> there wasn't any financial of the year. But <laughs> but Before he stopped being a financial planner. The, yeah. the, the con- make that clear. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for those who complained against me. What? The <laughs> concept of that discipline and consistency out of sight, out of mind for 10 years, um, the structure, yeah, you can get that right and wrong yeah. and whatever, but – it's money that you just don't miss from and, your life. And to be clear, like I think we set up an investment bond for John's kids and just use the Vanguard Diversified High Growth Fund. Mm-hmm. Now, whether we use that fund in the bond, in your own personal name, in a self-managed super fund, mm-hmm. it doesn't change the fact that shoveling money That's in a growth a portfolio, question. it's going to do well over the long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then it's just the strategy layer of yeah. – and then this point about um, you know, get, getting the basics right. And there's four things I would say to most young people. That there's four things you can do with your super that ain't going to cost you a cent to do today. Is that the lucky BFG? No, it's very close to yeah. it. Uh, it's sort of a subset of it. But it's really you know, work out where it is, yeah. round it up, make sure it's invested in the right things and keep your hands off it for 40 years. Yeah. Mm. You can do those four things. They don't cost you a cent. And they will make such a difference mm. to the retirement outcome. Yeah. So, okay. So I think we've been pretty clear. And again, we can't tell anyone what to do when we're talking to thousands of people, but it's hopefully got your brain juices flowing with some of the one-liners I've said and the three-liners we've said <laughs> and the one word John said. Um, <laughs> I was only allowed it, but anyway. Yeah, that's right. So Next time I'll break the rules. <laughs> I think it's all clear that we are pro-investing for the future. And we're all pro investing for the future in the most appropriate manner for the situation. Mm-hmm. If you are a we're high income executive time poor, we're just going to pump super and we'll count our blessings in 30 years. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Or it's, you know, I'm a bit of a hands-on. I want to do some sexy things outside of super. And I guess the episode kind of investing super or not, well, we actually can't answer that for you, no. but we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. So let's, Forget about super now because you can get as much as you want in there, basically up 300 grand if you want to bring it forward. Let's talk about, okay, so got super done. What are we doing outside of super, gents? Well, I would pre-frame that by saying all roads lead to Rome. It's just knowing where Rome is and knowing that there are multiple options and you've just got to then decide which one is – are you most interested in Mm. and most comfortable with based on your risk profile? Um, So obviously there's shares, there's there's gold, there's uh, buying an investment property, buying commercial property – there's, and there's other bits and pieces that are outside of those but they're probably your your main ones, aren't they? Um, So it's understanding have you got your own mortgage debt at the present? And how quickly can we 
pay that down and and then from there what surplus have we got to go and uh, invest with and maybe leverage our money from maybe the equity that we've got in our mortgage uh, or our, our own home or uh, built up savings funds mm-hmm. so what do we do like well it's it's like people, yeah, okay. people I, come I, to me yeah 98 percent of the time because they want property yeah they don't Come to me for shares. No, because right? you're the property guy. So generally speaking, they have an interest in property and they're comfortable investing property. So if they weren't comfortable with investing in property or, or have a, some sort of interest in it, they wouldn't come to me. Mm-hmm. So that's your starting point, yeah, I think. Yeah. But this concept of comfortable is a – it's an odd way of thinking about things. I mean, we as humans feel comfortable with certain things. It's just human nature. Now, that feeling of comfort is not always based on the facts. Logic, yeah. Or logic. Yeah. Um, we feel comfortable with real estate because everyone's bought a house, or most people, two-thirds of the population bought a house. Most of us live in a house. We know most about of us houses. live in a house. Yeah. And we're all a bloody professional. <laughs> That's right. Whereas we don't live in BHP shares, so most people feel less comfortable with that. But I think it's Anthony Robbins says, you know, at the edge of comfort comes growth. Mm -hmm. And I think you've got to put the personal education piece in place to get comfortable um, because there are only two things that can build long-term wealth and that's bricks and businesses, property and shares. And it's a question of how much of each, not this artificial one or the other. Can I throw something out onto the floor? Not my dignity. That's it's <laughs> been thrown out many years ago. Or the vanilla slice sitting in front yeah, of you. Do you want some? On this beautiful carpet. Um, you do? If you want to eat that, don't On eat. air. <laughs> well, I've been nibbling away. How many times, Vince, when we're talking about financial planning strategy, and I've said this many times, like people in the Facebook group write, should I salary sacrificed or buy an investment property like – it's not either or. That's the, right. The amount of time, like I've just pasted that gif with the taco commercial, whatever it is, <laughs> like, like why not taco. have both? Like, because we've modeled so many times that, yes, and I'd probably say in terms of order of strategy, you probably wouldn't worry about salary sacrificing to super until you get the investment property done because that's a bigger brick that you might yeah. need a bit of an injection for. But don't worry about a 10 grand tax return at the end of the year because it's been negatively geared and all that stuff. You can do a tax withholding form Mm -hmm. and salary sacrifice that 10 grand throughout the year into super. You'll be amazing how much tax in terms of savings you will get. And you've scratched the itch of further growth one into super. So you can't touch it. And two, as a diversification play property and shares. Yeah. So it's just how much of each. It's not. There's not no one right or, or wrong. Other. Yeah, but I think to add to that, the biggest mistake I feel people make is the old Aussie dream when you were born, Vince, of um, buying your own home to live in and and paying it off as quick as you can. Them doing that and that only for the next twenty years and not doing anything. Yeah. Besides that, no salary sacrifice, no extra contributions at all, no investing. Mm. And then they get to 
45, 50 and say, okay, now I want to retire in 10 years. I better do something else. Yeah. Well, the horse has bolted. Yeah. Yeah. So, but again, it's getting empowered with knowledge to know that a lot's possible. And even like there are going to be people who are listening who are like, I'll never invest this in super because it's not my money and the government this and the government that. Well, I probably can't help you because you've made up your mind. There's going to be other people. Uh, property sucks, share, share, shares. Awesome. But there's also going to be other people, property only, you only lose money with shares. Mm. So I think like any kind of debate or spectrum, let's all move away from the very ends yeah. and just come into the center a little bit because from the center, you get a better view, I think. You do. So, Especially if it's elevated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> best block in the worst street or whatever they call it. Worst house, best street. Yeah, thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm a property pro. <laughs> you are. Everyone's a property pro. Mm. Yeah. So I want to talk about help debt or the old school hex, mm -hmm. hex slash help. Mm -hmm. So Vince, if somebody is carrying some hex or help debt and they do have surplus income and they do own their home, for example, are we paying off that debt sooner? Are we putting that as a priority or is, like what's the go with this type uh, of debt? I would generally, and obviously there are no definitives in these, but generally – in the vast bulk of cases, I would not be paying off making additional payments against my help debt. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One, it it only requires you to make payments when your income exceeds the threshold. So it's sort of like reverse income protection insurance. Yeah. And the payment you have to make is not dependent on how much is outstanding. So making additional payment doesn't change next year's payment. And so for those two reasons, I would generally – it would generally be the last thing I would be putting money towards. You know, I'd start with, you know, paying off my home, investing, super, long before I got to, I, to And help. I actually don't like it just from an estate planning, looking after your family. Uh, the, the debt dies with you. Mm -hmm. So why put 20 grand extra that year into Hex or Help and then if you passed away the next year, yeah. well, that money's just being wasted and your family's missed out on it. Yeah, so, or your income falls. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just – I can think of very few circumstances. Yeah, and one circumstance I can think of, like you might go to the mortgage broker and wanting to get your first home or your second home and they say, look, you, you don't meet up in terms of servicing because of the Hex or Help debt. And you're like, oh, there's only five grand left. It's paid off yeah. to get – so it's strategic. Yeah. So in the second last year, there are some arguments as to why you should pay it off. But once they remove the discount for early payments, there's All like zero incentive to do it. Yeah. I think that's an important one because I've recently had a, had a client who there was about 45 grand owing and they were cash – reasonably cash heavy but – servicing was low if they paid down an extra 10k i think it was it enabled them to service an extra 50 or 60 grand so that made sense from that point of view they were more than comfortable to do that it just made them get themselves into a better location property wise yeah, but um, usually people are deposit constrained yes and so paying off your help you just increasing your yeah. lender's mortgage insurance bill correct so yeah, yeah i agree so there are yeah, some yeah. There's not many Relatively cases. obscure circumstances where it makes a lot but of sense. But a good sense. broker would be able to guide you through that. Yep. Yeah, well, so, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. So a strategic broker would actually bring that up and say, mm. well, 
have you thought about paying this down given you've got 200 grand sitting here? Yeah, or um, you might tell the broker I'm paying extra on my hex or help and they should say, well, hang on one sec, use that money to help service your mortgage. Yeah. Mm. So we might um, we might take a quick break. John's got to leave early, but when we get him out of the studio, we'll come back and do a, a Life Sherpa lesson with Vince and then we'll round it out with um, some advantages of investing inside and outside of super. And John, do you have any final comments before you take off? No, it's been a pleasure to talk super today with Vince. Mm. <laughs> it's, a super. it's just one of those things like we could go on another hour down mm. another rabbit hole. Yes. But I just wanted this to kind of get people thinking about there's no absolutes. There's, you don't have to do whatever. Mm. Uh, if you don't know, the answer is no until mm. you get educated. Yeah, and I think there's so many misconceptions about super out there that mm. you need to uncover first before you go and make some rash decisions. Well, probably a third of the population doesn't even believe it's their own money. Mm. Yeah, and that's what I made that comment before with that, you know, oh, it's not my own money. But if you – so put it this way. I said to a client once, I'll bring in your super statement. Oh, I don't know where it is. And he brought it in and there was 90 grand in it. And he goes, oh, yeah, I don't really worry about that because it's not my money. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. It's supposedly your biggest asset after it's, your home. Yeah, but if this was an investment account just in your own name that you logged in and set up, mm. you'd be checking that bastard monthly. Yeah. I can guarantee you. So well, it well, is well, your money. Spent and just not yet, as the tax office is. Exactly. So we'll be right back after this. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. We also have a panel of trusted mortgage brokers we can connect you with to get you into your first home, an investment property purchase, or to review your current loan if you don't have a broker. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. It's time. It's time to get down and dirty with the OG of financial advice in Australia. The vivacious, ever-variable, never-volatile, Don Vito of Life Sherpa, Vince Scully. It's here to soothe your financial aches and pains. What do you got for us today, Vince? Vince, Vince. All right, we're back. You loving that sexy time music, Vinny? I'm loving it. Now, we've got a new segment. If you haven't heard when Vince was last on... Once a month, we're getting a financial advisor from Life Sherpa, and that's Vince, to come on and do some Life Sherpa lessons. Now, Charles has sent in a question today, Vince. So, if you want to read that out. Okay. And- so, so, Charles says, I don't have any personal or consumer debt. However, I do have a tax bill that I'm paying off through a payment plan. My question is, would it be better to put an extra amount, let's say $100, of my net pay into tax or to do extra into super? At the end of the day, I would be putting any tax refund I'd get each year into super anyhow, Charles says. So there's a few themes running through here. So the first one is, yep, Charles has got no debt, so that's good. Um, He does have a debt to the tax office, and a debt to the tax office is a very special type of debt. And that is because uh, presumably Charles had some unexpected tax bill that he couldn't meet at the time and has entered into a plan with the tax office. Now, usually those payment plans don't come with interest. 
And um, once you enter into one, you really need to stick to it. That um, you know, in order of offences, not lodging your tax return is the biggest one, not paying the bill when it's due, and then failing to comply with a payment plan. So having entered into the payment plan, the best plan is usually to stick to it. So should he pay his pay an extra $100 and pay off his payment plan faster? Probably not, unless he's planning on buying a home anytime soon. So a tax debt is looked upon particularly badly by lenders. So if he does want well, They're to, not bankruptable, are they? No, it's just, I guess it goes to character. Mm. Um, so somebody who doesn't pay their tax bill <laughs> is potentially more likely to not pay their mortgage bill. Yeah, and it's not as if he's a bad person and, you know, selling drugs on the border and not That's right. so paying tax. It was just It's not a crime, no. but looked at through the eyes of a credit assessor, it's one of the most offensive types of debts to have. So if he's looking at buying a home anytime soon, then I'd be getting rid of the tax debt before I did that. Otherwise, I don't think I'd be accelerating it. That I'd much rather keep set the $100 aside in case there was some instalment in the future I might potentially miss to give me a bit of a buffer. And then he says, well, should I be putting into super? Um, given that you've got a tax debt, I would have thought now is probably not the time to be making additional super contributions. Or uh, investments. Or investments with a longer term horizon. Mm. So I'd be keeping that money as close to cash as I could. Um I just think from a – oh, sorry, is your segment over yet? Can no, I, no, that's, um, yeah. <laughs> that's my, my tuppence worth. <laughs> can I, can I ask you some questions? <laughs> um, I, I think it's important to clarify as well. Actually, correct me if I'm wrong. You'd probably know. If you're in a, an instalment relationship with the ATO and they're like, yeah, you need to pay $100 a month for the next 12 months, you could win a million dollars lottery tomorrow – and still just pay them $100 a month for 12 months. Like Correct. once it's agreed to yep. in the portal, you can just ride that out. Yep. Now, but missing out a payment- They'll come down they on They will you. come down on you really hard. Yeah. And they will gen- it will generally mean the whole amount's payable now, and they may very well add back any of the interest or what's called the GICS general interest just charge. charge. What's the S stand for? System? Scheme? Scheme. Um, I don't know. We're not tax accountants, and, can you tell? Um, <laughs> so they will generally come down pretty hard. Now, I would probably just say from a personal finance purist point of view, I think his whole financial reason for living is to just get rid of that tax debt. And I'm not saying like you saying like paying extra each month, accrue cash, like if there was two grand owing, save up two grand, once you got two grand – make the call, can I just clear this debt now and get it out of my life, the monkey off my back? Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, this is one of these non-mathematical decisions that we all make. Because mathematically, yeah, keep the uh, interest free because I think they're still rebating the gig, aren't they, each Yeah, month. if you're on a payment plan, you're generally not yeah. paying interest. Um, yeah, mathematically, all day long, it makes sense to take that extra $100 a month and put in a long-term ETF for 10 years or even further, claim it on tax deduction put into the super and to grow, but got to get the monkey off your back and get on with your financial life. That's right. And we have this discussion every time we talk debt repayment with with our members that 
the mathematical answer is you pay off the highest interest debt first, but usually the most sustainable way of paying off is to pay the smallest debt or the most annoying debt first, which gets you a, a quick win. So this yeah, is not about maths. No, and I would say again, make sure that it doesn't happen again. Yeah. So if it is one of those things with um, I get a bill at the end of the year because I'm in a salary packaging arrangement and work didn't withhold enough hex or help. Well, you've got a pay rise towards the end of the year or, and you're, or, in, you're in a new hex bracket. Or I um, I went and got a job because I, I the small business that I was running, I just couldn't get off the ground and had a tax bill. Mm. Whatever that is, we just want to make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah. And this so, is where your emergency stash comes in. Yeah. So this this surprise tax problem shouldn't happen again. Correct. So there you go. Thanks for uh, thanks for that, Charles. And thank you for to Life Sherpa for releasing Vince today to come on the Life Sherpa lessons. It's great to be here. So let's round it off with some. And I forgot to tell John that I put a, a gift voucher at uh, Flower and Co for him. So if you're listening, John, there's a fifty dollar <laughs> voucher at Flower and Co for you. Let's kind of do something nice for him. So I've but kind that's of because giving comes before spending and saving. Exactly, exactly. Um, he did it for me a couple of weeks ago, so I thought I would repay the favour. Advantages of investing with super. These are kind of just three bullet points that I wrote down. Possible reductions on income tax and growth within a fifteen percent tax rate yep. environment. It's, it's largely of, about the tax. Yeah. And then secondly, for people like myself, out of touch and not able to touch it and sell it and spend it and all that. So I can't sell down my super portfolio and buy a lounge. That's an emergency. (laughs) How many things have we bought over the years that we think in our own mind are emergencies? (laughs) They're not. And then another advantage really is um, you've already got the account set up. It's a long-term investment Mm -hmm. account and you don't have to add it to your tax return. No extra paperwork. Yeah, so in that sense, it's a bit like an investment bond that doesn't turn up in your personal tax return and it just keeps chuffing away in the background. And I guess the another advantage we've just thought of, thought of, it's easy to automate the savings through South SAC. Yeah. So And and, you never see it. And you never see it. And usually humans, we've been adapting and evolving for years, right? Like there's people on the planet that live in minus 40 degrees. There's people on the planet that live in plus 40 degrees or probably 50 either side. We adapt as humans. We do. So if you did say to your employer, oh, take $100 a pay out and salary sacrifice it, get on with your life, you'll adapt. You will. And you've guaranteed to know. Especially if you do it at the time you get a pay rise. Totally. So if you put some of your pay rise into salary sacrifice, you'll never miss what you never had. And you've... I always tell people, by doing the salary sacrifice to super, you've guaranteed if you keep out a consumer debt, you've never, ever spent more than what you've earned Correct. by default. It will just guarantee it. So any uh, the advantages of investing outside of super, uh, money can be accessed before age 60 yep. or preservation age. or And if you're saving to retire early or start a business or pay for your kid's education... Super isn't the answer. No, it can't be the answer. Like it actually is. If you want to spend it before you turn 60, Mm. super is not the answer. No, because it's not even a maybe, it's you can't. (laughs) So it's pretty simple. Um, There's generally more flexibility Mm -hmm. outside. So I put a wild example. You want to buy an investment property. 
in a holiday town that you can use yourself yep. in the off seasons because you don't want to use it when the That's right. when the peak season. So there are a little bit more f- flexibility yep. in outside. Um, and I guess investing outside of super, if you are interested in leverage in terms of properties, uh, you can do it with a less LVR loan to value ratio out of super Correct. in your own name. And again, we've and got- And obviously there's tax benefits of buying- property outside super so the negative gearing benefit inside super is nowhere near as good and same as with it is depreciation asset. same with depreciation yeah yep. so building allowance again we are we are not only pro super at my millennial money we are not only pro outside of super we are pro giving saving and spending mm-hmm. and we are pro championing championing however you say that word championing championing your goal champion we are not discriminating against anyone's financial goals here mm-hmm. well we might leave it there vincent is it vincent on your birth certificate it is nice nice and we'll have to so the only people who call me that is, your mom? is my, my my departed mother and asic <laughs> all right it's been real and again thank you for everyone for having a a listen to us have a chat we hope you've been encouraged that's all we're here for really and we'll we'll catch up with you in the facebook group G'day. bye see you john we acknowledge the dark and young people traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders past and present we extend that respect to aboriginal and torres strait islander peoples who may listen to our podcast My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. If you're looking for a super fund that puts its members' interests above all else, choose a super performer, Sun Super. With low fees, strong investment returns, and great member services, SunSuper is Super Ratings 2020 Fund of the Year and has also been awarded by Money Magazine, CanStar, and Finder. Find out more at sunsuper.com.au forward slash M3. You can join SunSuper online in under five minutes. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.